0: Thanks, dude. You teed me up really well. Um, When I came to this this text this morning, earlier this week, and I saw the list of 26 names that I can't pronounce, I was like, why? (laughs) What is the point of this? So my hope is that I can help us figure out what's underneath this. Um, So I'm going to pray. I have a lot. I probably have too much here. looking at 19 pages right now, so... It's a lot. So I'm going to be cutting and slicing and dicing. I'm just going to fill it out. Is that cool? All right, all right, let's figure it out. All right, I'm going to pray, and then we'll get to it. Um, Jesus, we thank you that your word is living and active, even when it seems stale, like 26 Greek, Hebrew, and Latin names. Um, It's funny, because this has probably been the most excited to preach that I think I've ever been. Um, <laughs> and when you look at the surface of this, it, it seems like there's nothing there. But when you dive deep, and when you ask really good questions, and when you think about what you're doing in the, in the world, and the cosmos, it's just really clear that um, Paul, you, that you moved Paul to put this in here for a reason. And so I pray tonight that no one, or not tonight, excuse me. Today, it's tonight somewhere. I uh, pray that today, you would, um, this would be helpful, um, in a world post, well, I don't know, post or during wherever you call it, COVID, um, where there's loneliness and, um, mental health is on the decline. I pray that this list of Paul's friends would just encourage our hearts, Um, That it would speak to the lonely in this room. That it would provide hope and that it will put Jesus on display. Lord, I can't do this if you don't come. Holy Spirit, I need you right now. So I'm just begging, Lord, would you come and fill me right now. In Jesus' name, amen. All right. so my name's Carlos, I'm one of the pastors here, Um, and Eric, what's up dude, good to see you man, I'm sorry, I just, sorry, my bad. Um, I'm one of the pastors here, one of my my great privileges is I, I get to sit down with a lot of you and hear the stories of how God is significantly impacting your life, and I love to hear how God has brought you all through some really hard and challenging seasons, and how God is even using some of the most challenging seasons and challenging uh, uh, obstacles in your life as a thing that you feel most deeply about. And as I was preparing the sermon this week and looking really deep at the relationships that Paul developed over the course of his ministry, (laughs) it struck me. It struck me that, that Paul had developed these relationships. And I too feel really strongly about relationships and cultivating community. And as I thought about that more, and I realized that, I realized that this desire for community and belonging and friendship hits birth out of some of my, my, my deepest wounds, my deep, deepest difficulties in life. And so this morning, I just wanna turn the table around. I'm gonna come to the table and I'm gonna share my story with you all this morning. Very vulnerable for me. This is, Yeah, very vulnerable for me. But I, I think like it's going to be really helpful for us. Uh, specifically, I want to share my story as it pertains to our text this morning. I want to see, share with you guys that my search for friendship and how the gospel has fulfilled my soul's uh, longings for friendship can give us encouragement this morning. This morning, as we look at this seemingly unimportant list full of very hard to pronounce names, what we will see is that the gospel of Jesus Christ, the good news of God's salvation toward us, creates one of our soul's greatest needs. It it provides um, us with one of our soul's greatest needs and longings, and that's friendship. So this sermon is going to be a little weird. It's going to be a little different. Right. It's going to it's going to feel weird. It's going to feel more story driven. But my hope is that it'd be helpful for us. So why do I say that friendship is one of our deepest longings? Well, oh, sorry. Give me one second. All right. Sorry. Give me one second, guys. I had the wrong notes pulled up. That would have been disastrous. All right. Here we go. Uh, da 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 da. Scroll up. Thanks for your patience on this, everyone. All right. So, why do I say that friendship is our soul's deepest longings? Well, Barna Group, their research uh, company, uh, they did a research study that po- that polled millennials, Gen Xers, boomers, and elders. Not use those categories. So. Don't, don't come for me. This is what they said. Um, and when asking the question, asking these groups the question, what do you love most about your city? Listen to this. When asking them what do you love most about your city above job opportunities, weather, food and entertainment, like-minded people, and even church. All these groups had friendships as the number two rated reason why they love their city. That's crazy, right? And it was only beat out by uh, work, which was only two percent higher. The article goes on to say this about the data quote: "Again and again, we see people identifying relationships as the most important aspect of their sense of place and belonging. Even millennials and Gen Xers, who are in a stage of life when moving for a career is often necessary, once they do move to a new city, it's not the job they love." but the friendships, friendships. But honestly, we don't need to study how, uh, we don't need to study statistics to know that friendships are one of our greatest needs. We can look at our own design laid out for us in scripture. If you are unfamiliar with it, let me paint the picture for you real quick. God, being the dope artist that he is, he creates day and night and after creating day and night, he says, good. Everybody say good. 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 He creates the water and the dry land and the sky and he calls it good. Everybody say good. good. Then he creates trees and mountains and valleys and canyons and animals and he calls all of them, oh, catching on. Then he creates humans and in his own image, not to be God, but to be God's representations um, to the rest of creation and Uh, After this, he says, very good. Say very good. Very good. good. Yet, we get a disruption in this pattern as God looks at Adam in the garden doing his thing. He's working. He's naming the animals, calling giraffes, giraffes, and and, uh, monkeys, monkeys, and, you know, uh, mosquitoes, mosquitoes. I don't know why he didn't kill mosquitoes when that (laughs) happened. Um, Adam's doing his thing uh, pre-fall, but he's all alone. And for the first time in all of eternity, God utters the words, not good. Not good. God, the creator of all things, looks at man and says that it is not good for man to be alone. And thus God proceeds to make him a helper suitable for him. Now, yes, God made Adam a wife. Um, We know that. But at a much deeper level, God provided Adam with friendship. Companionship, this is one of our greatest needs, even before the fall. So what I want to do this morning, like I said, is I want to tie my story into the text together. um, And I want to show how the gospel provides all of us with friendship. Specifically, as we see how the, as specifically as we look at these names, we'll see how um, the gospel has provided Paul with distinct friendships, diverse friendships, and deep friendships distinct, diverse, and deep. So if you're able, let's stand for the reading of God's word. I'm going to have Casey come up here and help me out because your boy cannot pronounce these words. So take it away whenever you're ready, Casey.
1: Carlos asked me to do this. I was very excited. I love language a lot. This morning I was To their original language. Don't let that be like a roadblock for you in reading a text like, like this. Like, you don't have to say that like I do. Uh, that's not necessary to see the glory of God in a text like this. So, church, greet Prisca and Akura, my fellow workers in Christ Jesus, risk their necks for my life, to whom only I give thanks, to whom not only I give thanks, but all the churches of the Gentiles give thanks Greet also the church in their house. Greet my beloved Epainetus, who is the first convert to Christ in Asia. Greet Mary, who has worked hard for you. Greet Andronicus and Junia, my kinsmen and my fellow prisoners. They are well known to the apostles, and they were in Christ before me. Greet Amplietus, my beloved in the Lord, and Greet Herpanus, our fellow worker in Christ, and my beloved stackness Greet Hapless, who is approved in Christ. Greet those who belong to the family of Astrobols. Greet my kinsmen, Herod, Herodian Greet those of the Lord who belong to the family of Arcanesis. Greet those workers of the Lord, Tryphena and Triphosa. Greet beloved Persis, who has worked hard in worked hard. kind of
0: word of lord is true it is good casey thanks so much brother all right so um i grew up in a single parent household one where my father was out of the picture before i could realize his presence in my life due to drug addiction and on top of that i was the only child and so my mother worked a ton to provide for us so naturally i felt this desire at an early age to belong to somewhere and to someone to be known and to, to, to know. So fast forward, I'm eight years old. My mother remarries into a marriage that brought along with it physical and emotional abuse for the both of us. And this led me to sports because I wanted to get strong and protect my mom. And I knew that I wouldn't have to be home as much, but what sports also gave me was a group of people who shared the same common goals and aspirations as I did. When we read our text this morning, this is how you should see these people. This is a list, this this list is much more than a list of unpronounceable names. In fact, you could say that this is Paul's team roster. This is my first point. The gospel creates distinct friendships. Like being on a team, Paul saw these people as members on his side to accomplish the goal that he was committed to completing, namely the spreading of the gospel. What I find interesting in this list, though, is that they're names of entire churches, In verse 5, Paul urges the church that he's writing to to greet the church that meets in um, Prisca and Aquila's home. In verse 11, then we're told that they're to greet the church that meets in uh, Narcissus' home. And in verse 14, there's another church that's to be greeted. And in verse 15, there's another church to be greeted. Four churches here mentioned. Four churches all having one common goal, and that's the worship and spreading of the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. Can you guys imagine how distinct this would have felt like, especially in the Roman culture that was filled with climbing the ladder and hierarchy, to have a group of churches in relationship with one another working together would have been so distinct, so otherworldly. In fact, we know this to be true, right? Let's just continue with the sports analogy. Uh, The best teams are those teams where the teams work together, right? The best teams are those teams where players throw their egos to the side so that the team gets to shine. The best teams are those teams where the team's common goal is lifted up above the, you know, the, the stats and the success of the individual players, right? The Chicago Bulls in the 90s, right? The New England Patriots in the mid-2000s, whatever you think of the Patriots. I knew Spade was going to say something. <laughs> and the early church in Rome. Imagine the evangelistic picture that this would have created in the Roman Empire. A ragtag group of people lays aside their goals, their dreams, their their uh, their image to move on mission with Christ together. This is what the gospel does. This is what the gospel does because this is what our Lord Jesus did, the son equal with the father, laying aside his privilege as God to serve us. Philippians 2 says that Jesus, who existed in the form of God, did not consider equality with God as something to be exploited. Instead, he emptied himself by assuming the form of a servant taking on the likeness of humanity. And when he had come as man, he humbled himself by becoming obedient to the point of death, even death on the cross. This distinct friendship that we see between these different churches in Rome is birthed by the gospel. The distinct friendships where churches are able to tear down their walls and humbly serve one another to pursue their mission of making Jesus known and knowing him more. Family, I think that God is calling us individuals to this type of friendship as well. Types of friendships birthed by our Lord Jesus Christ—a type of distinct and otherworldly friendship, free of competition, free of jealousy, free of selfish desires, free of comparison. Distinct friends on mission, on the mission of Jesus together. These type of friendships that make the watching world say, "What kind of God do these people serve?" This is what I found when I joined sports as a child and a, as a, and a teenager, well, in part, I should say, because the Lord, he, he did allow me to taste these distinct friendships as I pursued sports. But that soon ended when on the first play of the first game of my senior year of high school, I tore my ACL 20 yards down the field. In under 10 seconds, all the scholarship opportunities that I had worked so hard, flew out the window, and so did those Friendships. Now, I don't want to assume that everyone in here knows what it means, what it feels like to be injured on a a sports team, but let me paint the picture for you. It's lonely. (laughs) It's isolating, right? It's extremely isolating, not only because you can't play the sport you love, right, but... A lot of the relationships are built in sports as you struggle, lift weights, run sprints. Like it's a lot of the 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 binding in sports happens as you as you work and work out together. And I couldn't do that because my knee was in a cast from like up to here to my ankle. Now add on to the fact of that, right, that I had surgery and I rehabbed and I. Uh, Small school in Iowa named Grinnell took a chance on me. I tore my other ACL my sophomore year. Yeah, it's bad. God was trying to get to me. <laughs> I mean, the isolation that I lived in was like, you could cut it with a knife. The loneliness that I had, you could cut it with a knife. Um, but that was until I met the Lord at Grinnell College. <sighs> God has a way of meeting people in isolation, right? Like in our lonely, loneliest moments, God is just has a, that's just the God he is. So after I became a believer, I began to hold Bible studies and then I began to even rap on campus because I just wanted to tell people about this man named Jesus. But what I found is that I needed help walking this faith out. And so I transferred to Georgia Southern with intent on playing football. And that soon went away when I met this crazy group of college students who were the same age as me, As me and who all were on fire for Jesus, it was at Georgia Southern that God began to give me those friendships again that I had so desperately longed for. So, but at at Georgia Southern, my friendships went from just being distinct, right? They went from just being distinct, and they became diverse. This is my second point: the gospel creates diverse friendships. Let's look back at our text. Um. As we look at these names, we begin to see that the gospel of Jesus creates diverse friendships. And by diverse, I don't simply just mean ethnic diversity. Like, it, like that's, I do mean that. But that's, that's, that's only the tip of the iceberg. What I'm talking about is a truer and, 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 and better diversity. Um, it's, it's one that I would call holistic biblical diversity. It's men and women. It's free and slave. It's Greek, Gentile, Jew. It's married, single, widowed, young, old, all of these friendships are created by the gospel. By the gospel. Not a church planning strategy. (laughs) Not a church growth strategy. Not a cultural relevant strategy. The gospel creates this. Like we have this dope married couple, right? In Prisca and Aquila. And then we have Paul's first Gentile convert in, uh, how do you say these names? Epitinus. Maybe let's go, go with the Epitinus. And then you have Mary, the single Jewish woman who may be widowed, who may not be widowed. We don't know. And then there's Rufus and his mother who Paul even says that this woman has been like a mother to him. I mean, I don't have time to dissect all of the, the diverse relationships on display here. But my hope is that it's evident that the gospel of our Lord Jesus, he has formed these. My hope is that we can see and celebrate that God's plan for Christian friendship is that Christian friendship will be, demar- uh, excuse me, that Christian friendship would be marked by diverse ones. Okay, so where do I see that at? All right, so obviously I see it because there's a list of diverse names here, and we should like let text interpret text, but we should also we should we should also. Um, realize that this image of diverse friendships is foundational to who we are as humans made in the image of God so let's go back to the garden of Eden and so let's let's look at God this dope God this this, this God this creator God who who is one <laughs> he's one yet diverse in his character right the father and is not the son and or the holy spirit he's the father the son is not the holy spirit or the father he's the son the Holy Spirit is not the Father or the Son. He's the Holy Spirit. Yet within the dance of this diverse Trinitarian love, we have one God, unified, never broken or fragmented. And from this, he creates us to share this as well. This is why God creates us male and female, two distinct creatures made in the image of God, equal in value and worth, yet diverse in their being. And it is from this design that God says, one, one, he says, very good. And he also says, be fruitful and multiply, right? The fruitful, be fruitful and multiply this diverse reflection of the Godhead throughout the earth. We were made for these type of friendships. In fact, I'll go out on a limb and say that if our friendships are comprised of like this holistic biblical diversity as Jesus followers, I think that we're missing so much of the richness of God's fellowship in our life. And if that's you this morning, I just want to give you good news, that you're not without hope. <laughs> you are not without hope because there's a cross, amen? There's a cross. What sin did was splinter and fracture people into different types of groups who live with walls and barriers between them. But in, in the garden, we learned that sin separates the, the man and the woman, right? Two diverse people united. And instead of an embrace, there's finger pointing. But now, because of the gospel, right, in Ephesians 2, Paul says that he himself, Jesus, is our peace. He has made the two groups one and has destroyed the barrier, the dividing wall of hostility, by setting aside in his flesh the law with its commands and regulations. His purpose, listen, his purpose, this is his purpose, was to create in himself one new humanity out of the two, making peace and in one body to reconcile both of them to God through the cross, by which he put to death their hostility. I'll say it again. The gospel creates diverse friendships. These type of friendships are possible. You guys with me? Okay. Quiet in here. Um, All right, so back to our story. I know... (sighs) I know that the gospel does this, right? I know that it's possible because like I said, I experienced this at Georgia Southern. So much so that not only did I marry my wife, right? She's, yeah, my better half. It is not good for me to be alone. You guys should see my kitchen in college. So dirty, sorry. Um, Not only did I marry my wife, who's a different ethnicity than I am, right? I was able to, to fully see and experience the beauty of diverse friendships. I have a photo that I want to show of my wedding party. This is, this is my wedding party. Um, and like, I wish that I could say I was like really clever to like make these relationships, but it's just, it's what the gospel does. Like I was not intentionally trying to make a diverse group of friendships, but this is just what happens when <laughs> you get in relationship with other Christians, right? These are some of my closest friends, four black dudes, right? Four white dudes and one Hispanic dude from Peru, different on the outside but sharing everything in common where it matters the most. Only the gospel can create this. Y'all the world the world longs for these types of diverse friendships and it looks for superficial ways to accomplish that by giving you know incentives at work and bonuses and et cetera, but what we have what we see in this list of names that Paul has just uh, laid out for us is the good news that Jesus, through the cross, has the power to unite all types of people with all types of political leanings and upbringings and ages, whatever you name it because the the god because god sorry i 'm getting ahead of myself, this is uh. He unites us because there's a God in whose image that we are all made and he's unifying us through himself. In fact, as I think back on my time with these dudes here, one of them stands out to me. Uh, One of these dudes has had like one of the biggest impacts in my life, uh, Phil, second from this side. So Phil, I mean, he looks good. This dude's like, uh, he's old. I mean, he's probably gonna listen to this. He's an old dude. He's an old dude, but he looks good. Um, Phil Mullinex. Now on the outside looking at me and Phil should never be friends. Like never. Like I'm, I was this young single dude from big old city, loved hip hop. Phil was this like middle aged man with three kids and a stable job and a 401k. Uh, he lived in the sticks of South Georgia. He loved country music. Like we should have never been friends. But somehow, <laughs> out of all the relationships and friendships I had, this has been one of the the most impactful ones for me. You can go back. You can pull that down. Yeah. Um, and this is my last point. This is my last point. The gospel creates deep friendships. Um, I'll never forget the moment where me and Phil's friendship went from good friendships a deep friendship, right, like, like, not only were we distinct, right, it's like, why are these two dudes hanging out together, right, not only were we diverse in our friendship, right, he was married with three kids and a job, I was a single dude eating ramen all day, Um, not only were we diverse, but, like, we became really deep in our friendship, we met every week in his office, and one particular week, Phil opened up to me about some of his struggles that he was going through because his wife uh, was dealing with and still does deal with uh, chronic uh, back pain, and she's in and out of the hospital, and he's trying to hold the, the fort down, and you know he's driving Uber and working at the, the dining hall just to make ends meet. Um, now, this wasn't the first time that Phil opened up to me. Well, for some reason, like, it just, it just, like, kind of clicked this one time. And maybe it was because, like, there was this, like, week after week of him moving toward me, him sharing his life with me. He lived his life like an open book with me. This constant pursuit of me changed our friendship. I remember looking into Phil's eyes as they were full of tears. And I remember thinking to myself, man, like, this is different. This is something I've never experienced before. There was something about these types of conversations and times um, spent together that led me to begin to confess my sins and my struggles with Phil without fear and judgment of rejection. This type of friendship helped me win many battles against sin and helped encourage my heart when life got difficult. This had a profound impact on me. So much so that like to this day, the way that I interact with people uh, is a direct, representation of my experience with Phil. So as we look closer at the ways in which Paul describes these people and the way that he was in relationship with them, we find that Paul shared deep friendships with these individuals. Right? Now the question must be asked and answered, how did he form these deep relationships? And the answer is, as they pursued the mission of God together. We read that people on this list, they risked their lives for Paul. We read that people on this list were imprisoned with Paul. We read that people on this list were working alongside Paul, laboring tirelessly for the advancement of the gospel. And after going through the gamut of life and after experiencing joy and sorrow in life and after being so open and honest with your friends (laughs) about your suffering, What was produced were brothers and sisters, mothers, co-workers, co-laborers, dear Christian friends, or as I've been saying this whole time, deep friendship. Now, I confess that because of my 21st century mind, the way and way of life, this view of friendship seems so foreign to me. Cole, I think we were even talking about like how I struggle to like... Find my place with people just because I like, I want to just go, go, go. Um, It seems so foreign and unattainable to me. And if that's you with me this morning, I want to look at you and tell you that these friendships are possible, these types of connections are actually able to happen. You too can have a list just like Paul does that is distinct, diverse, and deep. These types of friendships isn't dependent on your Enneagram number. This type of friendship doesn't happen to only certain types of personality types, right? You don't have to be a social butterfly to have these types of relationships. Um, single ladies and single men in this room, you can have these types of deep connections with people. Right? You don't have to be married to have this type of connection. These types of friendships happen as the church, as our church, as we become so satisfied in Jesus and so captivated by his call to preach the gospel to the whole world that we join the roster of faithful Christians that lock arms together to pursue that mission. These types of friendships happen as married and single people, black, brown, Asian, white people, young and old people, single parents, people who vote Republican, people who vote Democrat, people who homeschool, people who send their kids to public school, and every other category that we fracture ourselves. It happens as we all unite under the banner of Jesus, not neglecting our differences, right, but embracing them and holding them above, excuse me, holding above them all the unity that we have in Christ, this type of friendship happens as we put to death the mask wearing and the image management and the surface level relationships and share with each other, not only the gospel of Christ, but our very lives. That's what Paul says to the, the church in Thessalonica, right? In Second Thessalonians 2.8, Paul says this. He says, we care so much for you. Listen to this. Listen to Paul's pastoral heart in this. We cared so much for you that we were pleased to share with you not only the gospel of God, but our very lives as well, because you have become so dear to us. Not only the gospel, but our very lives. This type of friendship happens as you greet one another with a holy kiss. All right. Yeah, here we go. (laughs) Now, before you get all squirmy, who did that? That was you? Chris, you're crazy, man. (laughs) Um, I got two more pages, so we're we're getting there. Sorry, guys. Um, Good on time? Good? Okay. Now, before we get squirming, let me explain. What verse 16 isn't saying is that you have to go and kiss everyone. At least I don't believe. You have to go and kiss everyone of your friends when you see them. Now, if you want to do that, that's between you and the Lord, right? I don't know how I'll respond if you try to do that to me. We'll just see. But anyway... um, (laughs) <laughs> um so this was a cultural way of greeting. Uh so um but so you're not off the hook. This is a cultural way of greeting. Um let me see. Okay, so any, anybody here watch YouTube, YouTube videos? You get lost in like cat videos and like like epic fail videos. Come on, raise your hands. We're family. All right, Anthony. All right, here we go. Okay, I love like searching well, cat videos are like. I'm allergic to cats, so that's how I get my cat fix. Um, so I love watching YouTube videos. Uh, um, there are these types of videos that become super popular on on YouTube um, or f- wherever you watch the videos. Uh, it's these these videos of soldiers who've been off the war, and uh, they come home and they surprise their peop- their their family. I mean, these like I'm like a puddle after watching these videos. Um, you know, these soldiers who have like you know fought so, like, sacrificially for our country, and, um, you know, they make, you know, one of the biggest sacrifices that any civilian, I guess, I don't know the proper term for that, so forgive me, but they, they make a huge sacrifice, and so they come home, they're surprising their kids, and, like, they're in this gymnasium, and, like, the kid is over here with his back turned, and the dad walks in, and the kid turns around, and the dad, He sees a dad and then there's just like this moment of like surprise and they just run together and just embrace. That's what Paul means when he says, greet one another with a holy kiss. That's the flavor and the texture that our welcoming one another, that our coming and seeing one another should should give. So welcome one another with a holy kiss. (laughs) It's the embracing of friends bound by the love of Christ and the love for one another. As Paul listed out these names of distinct, diverse, and deep friends, he commands them to embrace one another like this. Do we have friends like this? Do you operate in your friendships like this? I said this before and I'll say it again. You can have this. We can, we can have this. You can have this because this is our reality in the gospel. The gospel is the good news that in Jesus, the father comes running toward you and embraces you. That because of Jesus's life, death, and resurrection, those who trust in Christ are not just saved from hell, though that is true, but they become friends of God. Listen to these words from Jesus. This is my command, love one another as I have loved you. No one has greater love than this to lay down his life for his friends. Listen to the words of Jesus to you. You are my friends. You are my friends if you, have, if you do what I command you. I do not call you servants anymore because servants do not know what his master is doing. I have called you friends again three times because I have made known to you everything I have heard from my father. For some of you this morning, this truth of God being your friend is foreign. All you've known is God being a taskmaster or distant or, or unengaged. But that's not the picture that the Bible paints. In the Bible, we have a God moving towards sinners in a very distinct way. Building friendships with a very diverse group of men and women. Or as Pastor Doug Logan, uh, X29 pastor says, building relationships with mama's boys and religious gangsters. This God man, Jesus, spends three years of his life living in deep friendship with these men. Embracing them as if they were his very family. Because they are. They are. All right, so closing. Um, I decided to share my story intermingled with our text this morning because I wanted to show that this group of people that Paul has listed out is just like me and you. Like this is our reality. This is what the gospel does. The gospel builds friendships like this all the time. This friendship is possible. And in fact, I know that these friendships are happening in our church all the time, like it is. God is doing this. This is what he's doing in our midst. And honestly, to fast forward to where I am in my story now, that's why we came back. Me and my family, we left for a year. And then when crap hit the fan and we needed somewhere to go, we came back to relationships. Not to Des Moines, not to a job, not to ministry opportunities. We came back to you guys. So, love you. Let's pray. Jesus, um, I just pray that um, that we be able to build friendships like this. Um, There's a reality that there are lonely people in this world, excuse me, in this room as as well. Um, And I just pray that they would be able to find a family um, with our church. Um, I pray against the lies of the enemy that would convince whoever this, I don't know, somebody in my heart right now, um, that would convince this person or these people that they are too much. They're not, Lord. You move toward them. And as a church, Lord, you are not too much for us. So I pray that you would build deep friendships, diverse friendships, and distinct friendships among us. In Jesus' name, amen.